Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to the Pump Fake, everybody. Jared Bailey with you as always, joined by mentor, leader, friend, Mike Tanier, Football Outsiders. Always lovely to see you, sir. Same to you. And you talk about mentorship. I got a story mm. to share with you right off the bat. Oh, um, okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, my wife and I went to a pub crawl this weekend. Okay. Something that we don't usually do in, in our particular uh, age group. Um, and we show up at one of the bars in the crawl. And it is three or four deep at the bar. Three okay. or four deep at the bar. And That's my wife turns to me and says, you just get, she sees the girls are drinking White Claw. Just get me a White Claw. So I go up and get her a White Claw. And I come back with a White Claw and a, and a, and a whiskey. And we we sit way off to the side, and she says, "You know, I would have ordered a Moscow Mule. Ah. <laughs> I would have offered a Mos- I would have ordered a Moscow Mule, but it's so deep and crowded at the bar. I don't want you having to go up there and order and order a special drink." And I said, "That's funny, hon, <laughs> because you and I tell you right now, Jack. Now, those of you who don't know it." Jared at the bar at the JW Marriott in, in Indianapolis, and it is four deep conservatively at the bar. And I offered to buy him a drink, and I go up, and he says, I'll have a Moscow mule. I'm like, are you, are you fucking kidding me? You're sending me up there to get, like, this oh. elaborate cocktail when you can see that it's, it's butts to nuts and elbowing sideways and low post moves get anywhere near that bar. Oh. And, and I brought, no, and I brought you folks. I bought I brought Jarrett the Moscow Mule back. He did, and I brought myself my whiskey. But I just want you to know that you are more difficult, <laughs> a middle aged white woman who is literally named Karen. <laughs> so that is the level of difficulty that you are operating as a twenty four year old man in this world. This is just, you're on notice. You're on notice. That was the greatest way you could have started this off. That is hysterical. Oh my goodness. True story. All true. No That's fair. Uh, again, I will stand by the fact that you asked me and I gave you. you my- asked and, and I responded and you, you made sure, by the way, he made sure everybody we walked up to, you know, like Peter King walks up to Peter. You know, Tanner's been shaming me over this drink. <laughs> well, no, 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 you weren't shaming. You weren't shaming me because I got him because, like, uh, of the situation. You were just shaming Moscow mules. I was shaming the concept of an elaborate cocktail at like a, a complete shit show of a bar. Where I think like, that's where the miscommunication came in because I thought that you were just shaming me because I got a Moscow mule, and that that I think that's where the confusion came. In. But yeah, right. like we saw <laughs> we saw right. Peter King, and I was like, by the way, Peter, I do have something to ask you. How do you feel about Moscow mules? And he's like, oh, they're a fine drink. I was like, tell yeah. that's a Tamir. Yeah, and they're like, what? what? Man, look, young man can drink whatever the fuck he wants to drink. What are you doing? It's like you don't understand the story. You don't understand the story. You know, this is this went on the entire week. It was you know, so that's. I couldn't have thought of a funnier way to start this off. That was hilarious. I'm so glad that that that, that took place and that you were able to. Oh, fantastic. Well, at least your wife has good taste in alcohol as well. She, she does. She does. And, and the, uh, she, she'll drink those. She'll drink even more elaborate, more uh, historically, traditionally feminine cocktails as well. I don't think Moscow Mule. I think that is, I get all drinks are gender neutral. You I know what you're saying, though. I Yes, yeah, there's definitely certain. Neutral. Yeah, when like, you hear vodka cranberry, you don't think biker. No, you don't think biker, and like a sex on the beach or something like yeah. that. Uh, you know that that's that's a whole different thing. Uh, 
but yes. Yeah, so by the way, we had a lovely time at the uh, at the crawl. It was very nice. I had a blueberry mule like the week after the combine, and it was delicious. Yeah, I, th- I think one of the bars near us makes those mules, like blueberry mule, and then there's other mm. flavors, yeah. and they'll put them all together. Um, you know, but there's usually a barback per- personally doing that, and it's one deep at the bar, and it's not causing like absolute chaos. Just some of the more harder drinks, like like it's great to be able to get a bottle because you know you're not going to spill the bottle when you're reaching across. Yeah. You know, and I guess the mule if it's in a, in a glass, but it's like you know it's filled to the brim. Oh yeah, when we were at the Marriott, like they weren't worrying about giving like the fun like Moscow mule cups out. They were like, all right, there's you know. Everybody in Indianapolis seems to be inside this bar. Just put it in a cup and move on. Right, right, right. It's one of the three bars everyone was in that night. And I think we were in two of those three. Yeah, the the second place wasn't too bad. The fir- first one was chaotic. It was, I think when we hit Prime, we hit it at a good every, jump. Yes, when we hit it, it wasn't like absurd, absurd. But then everybody started pouring in like not long after we got there. Yeah, the, the, they were not, so we were able to get our drinks whole up, and general managers were not throwing up on the floor yet. We had not reached that point, but like they were about, like there were NFL people about, so it was a good good balance. As there always is. Um, from one great, just laughing to another, uh, you you coined the phrase Mormon MILF hunter when <laughs> when discussing Zach Wilson. I read that, and two things, well, obviously it made me laugh very hard, but I immediately thought like, only Mike Tanier would think of something so perfect when it comes to that. And that killed me. And I think that's a perfect segue to talk about the New York Jets and mm-hmm. this whole fiasco that's been going on for God knows how long with Aaron Rodgers. He made his intentions known that he intends to play, intends to play for the New York Jets. Now it's just a matter of if and when the Packers trade him to New York. Yeah. Uh, the pairing makes sense. I think that, that that was never a question in terms of you know, him being almost 40 years old, them having the weapons uh, to support him, although you wouldn't have known that considering that apparently he made a list of guys that he would also like to bring with him, and apparently it's the entire Green Bay Packers offense. Right, and Odell. Uh, so, and Odell Beckham, yes, of course. Um, but yeah, the uh, it, it just seems to be a matter of if, or when, not if at this point with Aaron Rodgers and the Jets. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, it's a matter of when, not if. And of course, we spent the last five days arguing about leverage. Mm. It's so down, far down the damn rabbit hole on this story that we're not talking about anything except which side has leverage. This like abstract, weird, like side uh, conversation. I don't even want to get into that all that much because both sides are very motivated to get this done. Yeah, and it, most sides are going to be motivated to get it done before the draft so they can put their draft plan together in some meaningful way and know who has that first round pick, who else, and the additional picks. So it's going to happen. It's probably just not going to happen tomorrow or the next day. Because there's no reason for either side to harry, particularly the Packers, who have budgeted the money, you know, and uh, are planning to move on with Jordan Love. They don't have to move that fast. Um, I'll, t- I'll tell you this, like, you know, the fit in terms of this is a team that needs a quarterback. He wants to play for them. He's got young weapons. That all makes sense. The Vegas over under for the Jets right now on wins is 9.5. Hmm. And I'm right on that number. Like, I, I, I was on the record. I, I tweeted, like, they're going to win a maximum of 10 games. So Vegas, the insiders, you know, folks like me, we're looking at this, and this is all about a team going, let's say, 10 and 7. That's what this is about. And I said this to Jets fans. It's like, you're losing your mind, trading picks, bringing in a complete loony bin disaster of a human being for 10 wins in a playoff game. And Jets fans are like, bring it. 
bring it. We've had nothing. We've had nothing since Rex Ryan. Let's win 10 games. And I'm like, I like you guys are, it's Stockholm syndrome. You've lost your minds. Yeah. I mean, the last quarterback that they had that was, I guess, worth anything was another former Packers quarterback when they had Brett Favre for a hot minute. Even then, I mean, that started off great. I think they started off like what, like six and three and then finished eight and eight because Favre got hurt and wouldn't admit that he was hurt and threw like 22 picks that year. Yeah. And then former Jets quarterback Chad Pennington and the Miami Dolphins won the division. Yes, um, yes, right. <laughs> and, and, you know, they had they had years with Rex Ryan, with Darrell Rivers, where Sanchez was a quarterback, and they talked themselves into Sanchez being something, and he wasn't a disaster, and by but not being a disaster with that great defense, they, they had a little mini era there. But, yeah, obviously Rodgers is better than that. But it's funny, the Favre era, like everyone like goes back and like rewrite, yeah, they were 6-3 and three and things like that. It, it, it was not a good season. It was not a good season. If your proof of concept was you were good for a couple of weeks, if that's what you're clinging to, then you have a really bad argument on your hands. You know, I think the best game that they had was like midseason. They were wearing those horrible throwback uniforms that were like really dark navy blue and like a, a shit brownish orange. <laughs> and Favre threw like five touchdown passes that game. And everybody at that point was like, oh, my God, the Jets are six and one or six and two. They're, they're Super Bowl bound. And then the crap hit the fan um yeah, let's, let's see here but i'm looking that season up now because it seems like it's now the stuff of myth and legends let's see this i want to say he threw 22 picks that year they made it to eight and three and they, they did win. five straight so so they were three and three at one point and then they ripped off one two three four five straight with huge wins over the titans and rams then they lose four of their last five. Oh, so they went nine and seven so they went nine and seven yes so Favre, let's see if I can pull up his game logs here. That's 2008. Throws. My guess, my official guess is 22. I'm pretty sure he led the league in picks. He threw 22 game. interceptions. He threw 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7 in the last three games. Jeez. 7 in the last three games. Although he had some interception sprees earlier in the season as well. So, that, but As, uh, as is tradition with Brett Favre. Yes. As, as, especially, yeah, late in his career. Yeah. Um. So that's... That's your shining moment is that you managed to go eight and three. That, that's that's what they put on the mantelpiece in New York is a nine and seven season in which they lost four of their last five games. Yes, yes. The banner is up. Went nine and seven after like bringing a Hall of Famer in. Well, from a team that's desperate just to have a winner to, I suppose, another team, but two very different mindsets right now with the New York Jets and the Detroit Lions who are yeah. sitting, kicking their feet up on the bar with a cowboy hat, shooting six shooters in the air, just happy to be here. Uh, they've acquired through free agency Cam Sutton, Emmanuel Mosley, and now Chauncey Garner-Johnson, safety from the Eagles. They realize that, okay, our secondary, not great. Let's yeah. make it better. Um, plus, they still have Jeff Okuda, but it looks as if if he's going to continue being a Lion, they're going to kick him inside, uh, yeah. whether he wants to do that or not. They could potentially move him. There's a bunch of different things that could happen there. But their secondary, on paper at least, has gotten better. Um, in a division where I'll, the Vikings seem to be going through a, a rebuild defensively, which needed to happen because they were carved up every week like a Christmas goose uh, <laughs> week in and week out. Um, and then Green Bay, obviously, we don't know what's going to happen with Jordan Love and Chicago. Yeah, they've had they've added some pieces, but we still it's still a big question mark there. It seems like the Detroit Lions <laughs> against all odds are the team that on paper, at least they look like the team to beat in the NFC North. They absolutely do. And I like the fact that it was a very secondary focused attack. They're just running out spending money. It's like, we're going to upgrade the secondary here. So we have our two first round picks. We can use them 
defensive line, offensive line, receiver, however they, they want to use them there. And it's a good conversation. And I'll point out, you know, CJ uh, Gardner-Johnson, he, he can be like a slot. He can be a sort of a corner. He can be a safety. And Kirby Joseph as well. They brought he in had a player. very nice rookie year last year. Right. And if you say Okuda moving inside or in a like a, a more defined role could be a, a decent player, that is very strong. And you're right. It's very strong in a division where everybody else is, is rebuilding in some format. I'm wondering if we have division odds up here. I can find division odds. Ooh. Lions plus 160. That's that kind of low. I don't think I don't think they want to take a ton of action on it. I would take it at 160. I think there's oh absolutely yeah. Uh, Packers are plus 400. Bears plus 300. Vikings plus 275. I kind of love the Lions there. Uh, if it wasn't March Madness, I'd be placing some bets right now. Uh, <laughs> like uh, you know, keep an eye on that one. Yeah, the Vikings being last there, I think that that does speak a lot to the fact that they are very low on whether it be them defensively. They're also um, Thielen's gone, so. You know, that's their number two receiving option outside of Justin Jefferson. And they're going through some changes as well in coaching staff, bringing in Brian Flores and letting go of Ed Donatel, defensive coordinator, which, again, touching on already, needed to happen. I mean, the defense was really bad last year. But they're cutting veteran guys left and right. They didn't bring back Patrick Peterson. They let go of Eric Kendricks. There was rumors that they were going to let go of Harrison Smith. Stuff got worked out there where he's remaining. But, you know, there's a lot of guys that have been there for a long time. I think that that was actually a joke that you had made last year going into the season saying that they're they just don't let go of people and now they've kind of they've kind of uh, gone back and, and done that so far they've done that i'm surprised Harris, harrison smith is coming back he can still play but that's endemic of the mistakes they've been making i haven't heard anything about hicks hicks really should be out of there i know Darius smith wanted a trade I, he, I don't know what they're doing with him either yeah he's an edge and like edges like yeah let's wait a little longer on this guy let's he's got a big cap hit this year too what's that he's got a big cap hit this year too which i mean and I mean, if you're Minnesota looking to rebuild, you might as well move off him. And they've been looking to move Dalvin Cook, uh, and no one, no one wants, him. no one wants your running back. No one wants your running back right now. Like we'll take Dalvin Singletary for one year instead of like trying to like get you out from under your contract with Dalvin Cook. Yeah, I mean, and Dalvin Cook, far from the only back, you know, surrounded by trade rumors. Austin Eckler granted access or granted yes. permission to seek a, a trade from another team Derrick Henry name floating around trade rumors um is there any of them that you would be like if you're a contending team like maybe Buffalo Kansas City someone who needed another piece offensively would you give up say like a third round pick for one of them no 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 I I mean Derrick Henry absolutely just Derrick Henry for a third rounder I could I could see myself doing that because especially if you're a team like if you're a team like the Bills like we're just going to bring him in on the five yard line, him and Josh Allen, and you're—it's you're, a touchdown. Go away! Yeah. It's a touchdown. Like I can see that. But of course, the Bills won't use him, right? Because Ken Dorsey's a loony. The, the team like <laughs> the, slamming tablets. The team, the team that I could see making a move would be the Bengals because I can look at the first of all, Joe Mixon, obviously. He's, yes. He's a yes. Guy out there. Uh, they let go. Um. You can put like one of these running backs with that receiving core and be like, oh my God, you know, yeah. you Derek Henry in a light box because everybody's covering those guys and it's like it's game over. But so, but for now, I'm just whenever I do a mock, it's going to be Bijan to the Bengals because the Bengals could grab Bijan and be like, okay, this is the final missing piece of this offense. We are now unstoppable. Yeah. So why, why, why invest in Dalvin Cook or anybody where you can get somebody like that? Hell, 
take Bijan and trade for Derrick Henry. Why the hell not? Oh, Just yeah. go for it. <laughs> like, a full, like both of them in the backfield and then three wide receivers. Like, okay, <laughs> what's your answer for this? Yeah, exactly. Just line up, you know, 60 times a play, 60 times a game and say, all right, good luck. Figure it out. Yeah. Right. It'd be like that, that's one of those. That's one of those offenses. Like you just want to watch them play. Like I don't know who's a who's a really bad team right now. Just put them out there against you know, yeah. the Titans, who are going to be horrible this year, and just yeah. win by seventy. Right. Right. Just to watch it. Watch the video game uh, element of it. Yeah. Yeah. Just to, like a train wreck. It's it's bad, but you you got to watch. <laughs> There's been a lot of movement, obviously, but um, you know, I still feel like the teams who were probably going to be the favorites probably where the best teams around the league are still the right. best teams. Like, yes, Detroit got much better in the secondary and they're the best team in their division, but I don't think that they're, you know, they're not in the ranks of Buffalo, Kansas city, Cincinnati. Um, in terms of those teams though, who of the contenders do you think needs to make a move the most right now? I don't know if any of them have to make a move. Like, like Buffalo is holding serve pretty well. Yeah. Chiefs have held serve extremely well. Uh, Bengals have done okay. Losing the safeties, I think, is a kind of a big deal for the Bengals, but you can find a solution there. And you brought in Orlando Brown, so you've created some flexibility on your offensive line. Uh, the team that's moved up, I think, the most is the Cowboys. Because like, you bring in Gilmore and you bring in Brandon Cooks, who can still play. When he is completely on board and the quarterback can get him the ball, he can still play. So you talk about one year when he's like got his – you know, desire to do this, you're going to get a good player out of him. And they, and they haven't lost much. Yeah, no, and I was very surprised to see Jerry Jones kind of take his medicine and say, all right, yeah, we're going to, we're going to release Ezekiel Elliott. That yeah. was one thing where everybody was like, yeah, they've got to do it. But in my head, I was like, they're not going to do it. Surprised I mean, me a lot, but uh, very smart of them to bring back Tony Pollard. Um, I'd assume that they would add a back in the mid rounds of the draft or maybe uh, some point in free agency as well, just to, just to compliment him. Uh, but yeah, the uh, the Tony Pollard fantasy crowd is going just absolutely nuts right now, being happy that he's finally going to be the feature back. Congratulations, fantasy crowd. He's a fifth year back uh, who's coming off of an injury, who will probably be in a platoon committee, and he's being coached by Mike McCarthy and Brian Schottenheimer. Uh, so I'm not saying it's going to be bad, but I don't see the 1,600-yard season. No, uh, I don't either. Well, then I don't know what – I guess what I'm saying is I don't know what the fantasy crowd expects from from this guy except, like, a, a mild improvement over what he's what he's put up in the past. I mean, I'll tell you what I expect, and just because of the things that you pointed out. Like, yes, it's great that they got Brandon Cooks, who will be a really good number two for C.D. Lamb. Right. Uh, but they did lose Dalton Schultz, who signed with Houston today. Um, and Mike McCarthy is going to be calling the plays, and Brian Schottenheimer is just kind of, you know, O.C. in name and whatnot. I don't see this. I think this is going to be Mike McCarthy's final year. Like everything, the groundwork that's been laid and everything that has been made known. Like, yes, he's calling plays. We all know his offense has been very, by and large, passed by by the game. I just don't see, especially where the Giants have gotten respectable. The Eagles just played in the Super Bowl. We'll see what happens with the the wacky commandos and whatnot. That'll be Sam Howell, quarterback. Let's go. Um <laughs> I just don't see them making any real noise. And if they do somehow sneak into the playoffs, I think it's going to be largely what we've been accustomed to with Dallas, where it's either a one and done or you sneak past somebody in the wild round. I know that they beat up the Bears. Right. You fading? Jack, you faded. You know, it's been the same old Cowboys. 
you faded for a second there, so I, I kind of lost you. But yeah, I, I don't. I mean, I anticipate the same old Cowboys because I. It's it is always the same old Cowboys, but like sitting here right now with what the transactions they've done free agency, that looks like an upgrade. You're right though, McCarthy's capability of uh, just like screwing up a wet dream here, you know, of just going out there and running the super predictable offense. And, and, and there's a degree to which he sort of has played himself at this point because he could sort of hide it behind Kellen Moore, but there was obviously a power struggle there, and like he wins the power struggle. And I was like, well, now I'm going to take control of things. Well, once you took control of things, you take away all of your deniability when things go wrong. And you're Mike McCarthy. You're not particularly good at a lot of these things that you're taking no. over the job of, particularly game planning, game stripping, and play calling. And Kellen Moore now with the Los Angeles Chargers over in the AFC West. Speaking of the AFC West, mm -hmm. uh, the Las Vegas Raiders. I mean, you bring in Jimmy Garoppolo after letting go of Derek Carr. That's like that Family Guy scene where with the boat in the mystery box. Yes. Right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, boat's a boat, but a mystery box can be anything. It could even be a boat. Yeah. Right. Similar, right. similar situation. Derek Carr, he has his best year. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so... I don't know. Trading Darren Waller as well was a big question mark to me. I mean, it suited a need for the Giants, which makes sense. Um, but it takes away a, a pass catcher in their offense. So now it's Jimmy, Devontae Adams, Hunter Renfro, Matt, uh, Matt Collins signed elsewhere. You bring back Josh Jacobs on the on the franchise tag. But defensively, like they still don't have guys that can cover. Like that I feel like their biggest need hasn't been addressed. They need about 10 elevenths of a defense. <laughs> More <laughs> other guys besides Max Crosby who can start and play football, but like there's nobody else you give a damn about except Max Crosby on that defense. That would be a fun. That would be a fun sporkle quiz. Name all of the members of the Las Vegas Raiders defense. Well, don't don't hold me to it right now. Oh sure, yeah. It's a million guys that got drafted. I, I know Divine Diablo is one of them. You know that, that he is one weird. of them. Yeah. So so um and of course like if. Waller got traded because Josh McDaniel leaked his wedding plans and that turned into a personality conflict and he traded them, which is what it looks like happened. If that's really what's going on, there's really nothing else we have to say about this team. No. You know, which, I also, we kind of already knew about Josh McDaniels, didn't we? Like we've seen this song and dance. I heard the song and dance and seen this movie before when right. he was a head coach. He's not, this isn't a job that he's suited for. It, it doesn't seem like the interpersonal skills of, you know, of, of your basic robot are there. Um, and, and, and I saw today, possible replacement for Waller, OJ. OJ Howard. Oh, OJ Howard. <laughs> yeah, and, that's that's going to work. And, uh, you know, Tom Palisaro, you're doing the Lord's work, stating it like that. The agent asked you to state it like that. That's great. That's phenomenal. <laughs> Oh my God! It's OJ Howard. I, I loved OJ Howard coming out of school. But like everybody like, did. Yeah, he. I mean, I was like, this is going to be a blocking tight end who can catch and everything like that. And you know, it sort of. Eh, yeah, yeah, no, you know, Tom Brady already did this to this guy. So yes, yeah. yes, which is a very big, very indicative of what uh, what he is at the NFL level, I suppose. But um, they were looking at another tight end as well, weren't they? I didn't. Uh... I have to go back and look. They were looking at Schultz, I believe, which would have made a, that would make sense. Yeah, that, that would have made perfect sense. Yes, right. Like, okay, Schultz comes in. He 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 can block. Uh, he's a, a pretty reasonable receiver too. Like, yeah. that's a good pickup. Um, you know, Jacecki is not a good pickup because he doesn't block at all, and you're basically just getting a real tall slot receiver. But that's Belichick's problem, and he's got his own little thing now. So, 
the Cleveland Browns uh, just signed a quarterback, uh, Josh Dobbs. So he's going back to Cleveland after starting the season there last year, going to Detroit, then getting picked up by the Titans. What a nice little tour for Josh Dobbs. Always important to have the nicest and most lovable guy available as your backup quarterback to Deshaun Watson. So you can throw this guy <laughs> out there for because uh, 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 it was Brissett. Yeah. And yeah, we lost Brissett, the nicest guy in the world. Bring in the science kid. Bring in science guy. He can talk about rockets and stuff. You know, and it's like, okay, that, that gives us, we don't have to write about the Sean. We can write about this other person. Yeah, I was going to say, though, somebody will ask uh, Kevin Stefanski about, oh, how do you feel about Coach? Oh, well, did you see that thing that Josh Dobbs did at NASA? That was yeah. pretty, pretty cool, huh? Right, right, right. Goodness gracious. Um, Watson's trying to be the first guy to get a massage on Mars. And, you know. <laughs> Josh Dobbs is trying to shoot freaking uh, meteors before they land and crash land on Earth, you know. That's a headline if I've ever heard one. <laughs> Jesus. That sounds that sounds like the perfect headline for like an onion article. You know you, you know the Watchmen? Yeah. So you have naked Dr. Manhattan on Mars. <laughs> yeah. Now picture Deshaun Watson naked on Mars. I don't want to think about that. Don't, don't picture that. Uh, I'm trying on, not to. On all fours. Oh, God. Why is he on all fours? Oh, you didn't read all the depositions, did you? I tried my hardest to not read anything I didn't necessarily need to dive into. There was a lot that I read for a piece for 33rd team, and that, that drained me of anything involving this case. So <laughs> that was... That was a time in my life. That was, that, that was an interesting few days for me in my, in my reading and my internet search history. Um, let's then let's let's turn the page. <laughs> yes, we'll stay in the AFC North though because um, you know Pittsburgh Steelers fans um, exist, and I feel like this is going to be a year <laughs> where um, a lot of them are going to be very vocal. They've had a decent offseason so far, outside of you know fans being a little bit upset about them not making a move for one of the bigger off-ball linebacker names. They bring in you know guys like Landon Roberts from Miami, Cole Holcomb. Um, bring back Larry Ogunjobi. They've been active on the offensive line. Um, yeah, Steelers fans, they love them. Some some Kenny Pickett, some Yinzer-looking Morgan Wallen. Um, <laughs> I think that they'll be like they always are, probably hovering around eight, nine wins just because Mike Tomlin's there and he's incapable of going under 500, apparently. I still don't see enough where I say, yeah, this team can make a deep playoff run. Well, let's see. I mean, <clears throat> Peterson can still play. I'll say you yeah. can call Peterson for Sutton a very modest upgrade. A Landon Roberts for Devin Bush. The way Bush played hard last year, I think he was really like uh, had a reality check. That, that's that's a that's a wash in my opinion. That's a lateral move. That's a lateral move. I think Herbig. That's a modest improvement. It's it's not certainly not tr terrible, but yeah, it it depends on how how much mileage you have on the idea of Kenny Pickett and George Pickens and I and I guess Najee. Um, and like, like if that really, if that really stacks up to you to anything besides wild card fodder, to me, that's, that's screaming wild card, wild card fodder. I agree. I think that they're a very fun, like opening band for, for the headliner, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm looking at like, okay. I know it's just free agency. I know this was a week free agent class and I look at the NFC and I can see the lions have probably upgraded significantly and the Cowboys moderately, and that impacts the balance of power. And the Bears will be yeah. competitive. But the balance of power has not changed anyway. AFC is almost the same. Okay, I will grant you that the Jets will move up 
from low wild card fodder to playoff fodder. But you can't look at anything and say, oh, there's a new contender. There's a new top contender or there's a new this or there's a new that. Everybody is just sort of in the same place. Like it, they move like very slightly on the tier list from the B's to the B pluses or C's to the C minuses or whatever. Yeah, I mean, Jets fans are going to try to tell you differently, but I agree. You know, they're going to say, oh, my goodness, look how they did last year with Mike White and Zach Wilson and whoever the hell they put out there. And it's true. But, and sure, yeah, I think they'll be, if Rodgers does end up there, which all likelihood he will be, I think that they're going to be in the mix for, at the very, at bare minimum, they'll be in the mix for a wild card spot and they can win a game or maybe two if, if the cards fall right. But if he couldn't get past Jimmy Garoppolo, in the NFC for the last half decade, what makes you think he's going to be able to get past Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow all at the same time? I just, I don't right, know. Right. I need to see to believe it. And you have a defense and it is a good defense, but it was fluffed by their opponents last year. If you look at who they played, there's some helium there. If you look at uh, analytics research, it looks as though defenses like that tend to taper off. They tend to go down a little bit. Um, and you probably don't, won't have a high draft pick with which to add a guy. So there's a lot of reasons to say that the jets are going to, certainly increase but like this idea that there's a four game increase coming is not is not realistic this is this is gonna be i promise you when we put out like our our predictions and whatnot or if we go game by game we'll have the jets at like 10 and 7 yeah. and then like nameth stan 04747 the twitter user will slide in our mentions and be like how can you not have the jets at 15 and 2 you don't know what the fuck you're talking about that's what's gonna happen and it'll be a lot of that well, these those guys again there are when i pull up some of the uh team futures the only team futures getting pulled up on DraftKings are the Jets. So it's not like I just told you that the over-under for wins was nine and a half. I think that's fine. But there's no other team posted. The only team. Oh, really? The only team they have action on. I'll double check this right now. The only team they have posted action on for regular season wins is the Jets over under 9.5. They've not bothered with anybody else. Uh, the only team with posted make the playoffs odds are the Jets minus 160. So right now the house. So Namath Stan twenty seven million three oh four. The house wants you. Don't come fighting to me. Don't put the mortgage on the Jets. But put, put fifty bucks, hundred bucks on the Jets. Yeah. Go laugh all the way to the bank if you think it's different. I'm sitting there right at that number ten and say, yeah. you know, I'm not going to go nine and a half to ten on the Jets unless maybe I, you convince me after the draft that they did something else that was interesting. Sure. And, you know, another quarterback move or not move, I guess, that's been, you know, in the dominating the headlines and whatnot, Lamar Jackson. Yes. You know, you've been pretty vocal on Twitter about it and you put out another really good tweet. I can't remember it word for word, but basically just being like, yeah, there's a reason he's not being moved. Obviously, it's because he's been injured and you know, nobody wants to give a, a quarterback who's undersized and injured that much guaranteed money. But it makes sense. I get it. Yeah. Um, do you think he does get moved though? Do we, do you think he comes back to Baltimore? Where do you think he's, where do you think Lamar Jackson's going to be playing? He comes back to Baltimore. And I, I think there's a reasonable chance that after this little brouhaha happens and they, he runs the clock and everything, and maybe he skips mini camps, et cetera, that he goes and talks to them again about what's really on the table for him. Mm. And I'm not sure that three, one thirty number that he posted, like that's probably was at his actual full, 100% guarantees. Yeah. But if that sounds super light, probably because there was a next year roster bonus of X million, which was virtually guaranteed. Yeah. Yeah. So right off the bat, you know, if you've got an agent, the agent will say, look, I'll, I'll get the, the story to the media 
in a way it doesn't sound like it's complete nonsense, you know. But 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 Lamar right now, I I I feel bags. It sounds like I'm like rooting against him. He's winning. He's winning Twitter. He ain't making money. Mm, yes, that's a good way to put it. And like, I and I don't think anybody's trying to like root against Lamar. I mean, I'm sure there's people are, but they're you know scumbags, and we know why they're rooting against Lamar Jackson. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just a matter of. Yeah, man, like you haven't finished the last two seasons. And, and again, that's not to say that it's necessarily on him for running because they both happen in the pocket. They're both freak things, but he isn't the biggest guy and right. he has been injured. And yeah. when it comes to the Deshaun Watson deal, I don't think that the idiocy of one team should then become the responsibility of 31 other franchises to duplicate that idiocy. Not saying that signing Lamar Jackson would be a stupid move, but giving anybody $230 million all fully guaranteed especially to a guy who hadn't played in a year and a half at the time was very dumb and it impacted everybody else. That shouldn't be on the shoulders of the rest of the GMs around the league to be like, Oh, okay. Now we have to do it for our guy that now. Right. And again, that all the other GMs agree because that's how business works. Yes. And like, we're trying to make collusion. Everyone has colluded to not sabotage their own business. Like, no, that's actually just working. That's like, <laughs> that's like doing your job. That's not collusion, you know, but, but, but the, I mean, the bottom line is like this conversation keeps happening on Twitter and Twitter is, is about, you know, grandstanding and shit posting and, and, and in, that, in that environment, like, you know, it's just not fair. It's like, nothing's about fair. What's, yeah. what's you know, and, and Lamar Jackson's numbers are in a several year decline. They are. And you can come at me with every micro stat you've got saying that he's still a pocket passer who's effective X, Y, Z. They're still in decline. They are in decline. Okay. So they are not getting better. So you're not going to get giant raises handed to somebody who is in decline. Again, that's bad business. No team will do it. The Ravens are offering things or were offering things that were, from what I heard, market reasonable. And maybe he will go back and take something like that. That'd probably be best for all parties, including him. I, I want to see him get 130 million. Guaranteed right now after two seasons of injuries, heck of a lot better than the salary cap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's 130 million guaranteed. The salary cap is 29 million guaranteed. That's 130 29. So, you know, it's up to you. Yes, very much so. And people want to like they'll point out his resume and say, "Oh, he he's a former MVP." And like, yes, he is. Right. That was four years ago, guys. Right. And that's not to say that he's still not great, but there's a lot of guys that like Rich Gannon won an MVP, like Cam won an MVP, and I'll die on the hill that Cam was never a great quarterback. Like it, it, I saw somebody did this. Like if you paid Cam that money in twenty after 2015, yeah. So 2016, 17, 18, 19, 20, 2020, he's on the Patriots, yep. like running the read option, like completely toasted. You'd be paying him the 53 million that year. Cam yeah. is like twice the size of Lamar Jackson. Cam in 2015 coming off that season looked like he was Superman, looked like the, the league was going to belong to him. That's the reality of this. That's the, that's the reality of this money. And hey, Robert Griffin, okay, he played with Lamar Jackson. They were teammates for a while. He loves mm-hmm. their brothers and everything he is not posting in good faith when he posts about this sure richard sherman is a, a an incredibly irritate ball player and everything like that he loves grandstanding yes he likes he likes trying to think like he's everybody's big brother on twitter and he loves doing this and like look at me and it's like I, you know I, richard sherman i would love to see 
I would love to have seen you like run the union or something, become like a, a rep at least. If you are God's gift to leadership, maybe you should have done something besides post about it. That's right. I'm calling you out, Richard Sherman. By the way, if you, Richard, if you go after him on Twitter, he will come after you hard. Oh, Willie. Yeah. See, and I, I don't I don't particularly want that smoke because when he comes at you, it's like he brings the moral high ground with him, whether he's making any sense or not. Because he's Richard mm. Sherman. I'm a I'm a I'm a I'm a fat old dorky white man. So <laughs> But like you know, you're not making, and it's like, and also you're a player. You stand for players. That's great. You're not making sure. good, smart, good faith arguments. No, no. And and the thing with him, he brought up the Cam deal. The following year, you know, after 2020, he's not even on the Patriots anymore. They cut him for Mac effing Jones, who we've seen by the way now players prefer Bailey Zappi to, yeah. according yeah. to Devin McCourty. So yeah, and then now he's out of the league. So right, yeah, right. There's reasons you don't do this. the The Browns are already looking at this contract. The Browns, who are not up there at the uh, at the ownership level, are like this thing is a headache. We're moving money around already. We lost. They're already in cap hell, right? And this is a guy who at least had a reputation for durability uh, in the past. So this is already looking like a mistake. I, I know another thing that everybody's talking about is we got Hertz, Herbert, Burrow coming through. I don't think my evidence that none of them are going to have a guaranteed contract is that Kyler didn't get one. And that they're they're uh I'm guessing that their uh agents are not going to seek one. Yeah. Because if you go to the freaking Brown family, the Spanos and say we want 250 million dollar guarantee, it's like I have to give you my kidneys, I have to give you my car. That money is not here. So it's going to be a very interesting negotiation. And and the those agents will be like, okay, well, what can we stagger bonuses? Can you stagger bonuses to get to 200 and X? Yeah. But like one of them comes in 2026 and all. And that's where, you know, that's where having like somebody who who handles those finances and is in there doing that 24-7. That's where that yes. is. Yes, very much so. And and even previous examples, like look, look what happened when Carson Wentz got a big extension. Look what happened with Jared Goff; he got a big extension. None of them ended up finishing those deals on their teams. And Carson Wentz is probably done. At least bare minimum, he's done being a starter. Yes, yeah, and he's he's done something to hurt the super extension market. Yeah, he's got some people. I'm guessing some GMs are also looking at it and saying, because the idea with Wentz and I think it was Goff as well. At the end of year three. It was like the race to the market to get the guy before the contracts went up again. Yeah. And Howie thinking this was like the the the, the baller move gets went signed to this big deal ahead of Goff. Um, now I think there's a little more of a mentality of saying, well, if you've got year three to wait because you're four and year five, he's under contract. Yeah. If you're not, if it's not Herbert Barrow and her, so I think you're, you're fully satisfied with these guys. Sure. If it's Tua. You don't do it. Now, remember, and remember, Carson was in about the same place. He had injury-plagued year in 2017. That was the second year when they won the Super Bowl. And yeah. then he comes back and has a May year in 2018. And they still sign him to this mammoth contract. You're not going to see that anymore. You're not going to say, oh, my God, we better get this guy in there now. You'll you'll hustle for Barrow. You'll hustle for Hurts. You're not going to hustle for the guy who's still, you know, halfway in between. Yeah, and the Dolphins picked up to his fifth-year option, yeah. but I, I mean, it says something that you know. Okay, this guy got injured a lot last year. Yeah, he put up good numbers, but how much of that is just the fact that he could throw to Tyreek Hill and Jalen right. Waddle running over the middle, who can outrun everybody? So it'll be very interesting to see how this uh, this carries on. But I don't it, know. 
in that case, it's like they saw Daniel Jones. You don't pick up his fifth-year option. He has mm. the good year. All your negotiating leverage is fouled up. And by the way, they still vastly overpaid him. They did. Uh, they did overpay him. If you look at, they, they they put enough trap doors in to keep it from being chaotic. Yeah. Like they can get out after two years without it being complete chaos. But they were forced to pay more than they wanted mm. to because they didn't just have a fifth-year option that they could have picked up. Yeah. The Dolphins aren't going to be in that situation. So this actually is a delaying tactic by having him pick up that fifth-year option. Yeah, to me, that Daniel Jones contract felt very similar to when the Jaguars brought back Blake Bortles after after they had gone to the AFC title game because they were in a spot where, oh, you know, we hadn't had this level of playoff success in a very long time, and he didn't play god-awful, and he didn't turn the ball over every time he touched the ball like we had become accustomed to. So I guess we kind of got to reward him for that. Yeah. Um, and then obviously Blake Bortles didn't play well and the Jaguars missed the playoffs and everything. Will that happen with Daniel Jones? I hope not. I'm not right. trying to sound like I'm rooting against Daniel Jones. I just we get 40 million a year for 15 touchdown passes. That seems a bit excessive. Yeah. And that, and they are, you are, they're overpaying for the excitement of having had that season. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Daniel Jones off the field. Isn't quite like Blake Bortles was off the field. <laughs> So that's a that's a positive, and I'm not going to get into the details of that, which I think are pretty well documented anyway. So, oh, Blake Bortles, bless oh, bless your soul, God. sir. <laughs> I think that Blake Bortles is a perfect ending spot for the football portion of this conversation. <laughs> um, I started doing something um, with JP Acosta on here. Okay. Uh, every every time that we end a show, we do a draft of some sort. Okay. Um, while in Indianapolis, you and I spent a Good deal of time together. I'm very grateful to you for that, by the way. Um, it's great. And um, I had somebody tell me that um, I think it was the day that I was like suited up. And I was dressed like somebody's agent. Okay. They said something like, Jared and Tanir look like they're dressed like they want to take over Gotham. And that made me laugh really hard. So I think that you're a Batman guy, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that this the perfect draft for us would to be to draft Batman villains. Okay. Five each. I will let you go first since you are the guest. Um, I am, by the way, every time we do these, I lose. Um, JP beat me in the helmet one because he got Pat the Patriot in the fourth round. And it just completely slipped my mind that those existed. And then, um, yeah, yeah, me and Ben Raven had a South Park draft and he he beat me pretty (laughs) pretty well in that. So um, I will let you start the Batman draft. Hold on. I can even turn on some tunage. To make this sound even more important than it really is. Yeah, uh, like the Batman theme from the cartoon. I don't know. It's just some like you know talk track background noise on here. Yeah, because um, I think there are copyright issues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want this. To, I don't want this to be taken down. And you know, DC and Warner Brothers Studios come after me for playing the, the Batman the Animated Series scene. All right, so you can begin with us. I'm taking Rayshad Cool. You're taking Rayshad first. Okay. Because uh, I feel like that will give me control over Talia, and it also <laughs> potentially gives me a lever to pull over Robin, in addition to Lazarus Pits and the League of Assassins. I didn't think of it that way. That was a good way to. Yeah, that was a good way to go. But you have been outflanked yet again. <laughs> Animated Ray Shao Ghoul is so so fun to watch. I love watching him in like all of the the animated movies and whatnot. Yes. Um, well, I mean, I'll take Joker since he's available, and that just makes sense to take the Joker there. There's no reason to defend it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he's sitting there at number two. It's like taking Bryce Young. You might as well grab him. <laughs> yeah, 
Is this a snake? Do you pick twice here, or do I? No, no. There's only two of us. If there was like five of us, we'd do a snake, but it's just back and forth. So you are up again. Okay. I am taking Poison Ivy, especially okay. the modern iteration of Poison Ivy, where she basically has elemental powers to make plants do whatever she wants. Recognize that she's a little bit more of an anti-hero now than a villain, but she is perfectly capable of fucking shit up when she chooses to. She, uh, what, what movie was it in? Um, in one of the latest iterations, like she like controls Superman's mind. Like, yeah, the, she had like spores that had kryptonite and like, yeah, right. And so, so she takes over. Now that seems like a little bit of a power scaling issue. <laughs> so does being able to like take a, a daisy, turn it into an oak tree and slam it down your throat, which seems to be yeah. the thing she can do now. But she, she's got a pretty interesting uh, uh, a power set and also like a set of, uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, ambitions. Uh, so I want her on the team. Okay. Um, I will take Mr. Freeze. Uh, Damn. yeah, I love Mr. Freeze. I think that he is maybe the most like underrated villain in all of comics. Um, and he does everything that he does for one really understandable and justifiable reason, which is, the, you know, his wife who was terminally ill who he chronologically had frozen and is trying to find a cure for her so i like that and i like mr freeze and watching him in the animated series i think he's outside of the joker the best villain in the lore so i would take mr freeze he did phenomenal he and the joker would not work well together no no no, no. i'd have to like have like two separate squads for them and two different like cafeterias but that's yeah. that's okay Right, right. Well, most of these villains do not get along. Yes, yes. Anybody who knows Batman lore knows that not all of these people are buddy-buddy. No. Well, I will be taking Bane. Okay. Just sheer muscle, uh, you know. I don't know if I will be doing Tom Hardy's Bane uh, or uh, a more uh, traditional version of it. But, like, the Bane where he is also, like, the leader of a South American nation, uh, you know, he, he makes somebody who I could see him and Raish actually having a shared set of goals and uh you know ivy comes along for the ride and batman's yeah. gotham's in, in serious shit at this point <laughs> have you seen the uh, new harley quinn like animated tv series yeah, I, I watched a bunch of them so so funny yeah because he's so actualized in it yeah. <laughs> i've been looking at myself you know there's a chocolate fountain over there pretty cool <laughs> so dumb but it's very funny yeah i enjoyed that a lot if kite man was a batman villain i would take him just because he's hilarious to me yes i mean he was originally what uh uh arrow villain but i think i think so yes right it's tricky uh, though because they were they were very simultaneous in the golden age so correct um my what is this my third pick i will take hush ah okay, okay. yeah I hope that they use him in this new, like the Batman Matt Reeves trilogy thing that they've got going on with Robert Pattinson as Batman. Uh, it's a more grounded, grounded Batman. I think this is a more grounded character. Yeah, and that's, that was that's a good grounded villain. Yes, a very good grounded villain. It makes sense. Right. The boyhood friend of Bruce Wayne, who's often also an orphan, but talk about two different sides of the coin. Where Bruce Wayne is off in a palace, and Thomas Elliot had to struggle through orphanages his entire life. Yeah, I like I like Hush a lot. Very good lore, very good villain. All right. Well, I'm going to grab Harley then. Uh, okay. Poison Ivy gets some companionship there, and I have a potential uh, lever with your team if the Joker gets distracted by Harley. Now, of course, Joker's more likely to distract Harley and have her go rogue. Yeah. 
If she does, it's not a super loss from a power standpoint. <laughs> she just goes off and does her crazy ass shit. But it's like it's like one more one more just that's the wild card of the team. That's fair. All right, I'm gonna take one that I don't think either of us would take. He's just one that I really enjoy and I think is really fun. I'm gonna take Ventriloquist. Oh, and then yes, and Scarface. Yes, and Scarface. Yes, um, they were. I don't want to say they're my favorites because, like, obviously, like, Freeze and Joker. But outside of like the big ones, like in terms of like side villains, I guess they are absolutely my favorite. And I love the. Uh, I shouldn't say I love the concept of somebody with schizophrenia going around robbing people with a puppet, but I do enjoy. I do enjoy it very much. It is a very cool idea. Uh, did you ever see read the the books where uh, there's an earthquake in Gotham? I have not. 90s uh i do not remember the name of if you google up earthquake in gotham there's one that takes place like during the initial emergency and one that takes place afterwards where they have to reclaim gotham okay uh and uh they're they're both very good ventriloquist has a considerable role in those okay no Uh, huge huge fan of ventriloquist so yeah i'm on board all right, let's see now. See, see, you taking hush make me think like maybe I should put Professor Pig on my list. But oh, I would love that. He's so damn weird. He's, he's horrifyingly weird. He's so horrifyingly weird that it's it's hard to even like like what role would he play in this? And he's like, it just makes everybody violently uncomfortable. <laughs> right, right. Um, but okay, you know what? I'll t- I'll take Johnny Zaz then. Ah, oh, Zaz, I love that. Have, have you seen Go- Gotham the TV series? Oh, I only watched a few episodes, so it got too weird. He he is very, very well portrayed in that. I highly recommend going and watching that. It's very good. That's cool. My my one concern with Zaz is that he just murders all of us. Yes, yes. Yeah, you got got to have those tally marks. Right, right. And and, although, yeah, I was about to say, well, maybe I should have just taken Talia because I didn't officially get Talia. I mean, she sometimes turns on her dad. We're we're going with Zaz. We're going with Zaz. Okay, I like the pick of Zaz. Um, who do I want? I mean, I could take like like one of the basic ones, like because Two Face and Riddler are both still there. Face is I'll... useful in a lot of ways. The Penguin just gives you like money and like a a avenue to like uh, legitimacy. Yes. That if you were actually trying to do a, a a crime thing, like somebody actually has to bring income in. A lot of a lot of money loitering and loitering would would take place with Penguin, which would be helpful. Right, right. right. he's out there and like, yeah, exactly right. He's like wandering all this so everybody else can operate. So you've got yes. that. Riddler, you could use as a tech guy. You can assume that he can like hack computers and shit. Okay. Um, who else? Because I want to go with a left field one. Not like left field, but like maybe, you know, one that's kind of in the middle. Uh, oh, yeah, I like this one. I'll take Clayface. Oh, that's a good one. I like Clayface. You have an infiltration person. Yes. His right. episode, like his introductory episode in the animation series is really good. Yeah, that was the first one to air, I think, of the animated series. It was a part clay, clay face story, yes. And they, they ran it in prime time. They were trying to make that a prime time series. Um, but like, the, it, Was it successful? I wasn't like... They were, you were, you were below negative age at that point, pre, preconception. It was not successful. I think The Simpsons had just launched and there was a acceptance of this weird comedy, but the idea that like after the NFL, adults of 1990, whatever it was, would stay on to watch a Batman cartoon. Like, this was just a quick, no, thank you. I'm a grown-ass man, and I'm not going to watch this. So they you. moved it to Saturday morning at 1130, where it was that right age where, you know, an adult who woke up 
hungover at 1130. <laughs> Kids are still watching. Teens are yeah. like getting ready to go do life and, and are watching. So it was successful then. I understand. All right. We each got five apiece. We could go one more if you'd like. Why not? Bonus round? It's a bonus round. Okay. You are up. Ah, oh, shoot. I don't have somebody on my mind. Uh, well, because of what I said, I'm going to grab the penguin. So now grab I have penguin. Uh, it makes sense to have penguin on your team. Right, right. Bringing in money right. and uh, guns and you know supplies. Exactly. Um, there's one that I'm thinking about taking, but like I was going to take Hugo Strange, but like what is he really? He's fun and he's a cool yeah. villain, but like he doesn't really give me much in terms of value. The only thing he can do is get people out of Gotham for you. <laughs> so that does, that's not a lot of value. All, no. Everybody's out, I mean, out of Arkham. We're all out of Arkham. Like, yeah, was, exactly. Yeah, so Hugo probably opens the door at the beginning and then, like, leaves. All right. Out of... I love Two-Face and I love Riddler, but out of, you know, wanting to be a little bit different, I'll take, I'll take Mad Hatter. I like Mad Hatter. He's, he's fun. I mean, he is fun. the problem with him is he's he's such a freaking obvious like creeper. Anybody who's that into Alice in Wonderland, like no, no, that's right. He did that in the animated series where he like turns the, the yes the, his love interest into a into Alice, which yes. you know, the subtext of that is not great. But like no, the mind control hats are useful. In uh, in Gotham, they um they kind of rebrand him a little bit. They have him be uh, a hypnotist, which I thought was a cool okay. a cool thing to have. So if I had to choose between creepy Alice in Wonderland guy or hypnotist, that's the one I'm kind of leading toward. If I can pick my lore, yeah, that that's good. Steering it away from the, the whole Alice element of yeah, it makes yeah. it less of a scumbag. And, and one of the things is like Joker would just take his hats and like leave them tied up somewhere. Like, <laughs> I've got your hats. I've got like, your hats. Right. Uh, yes. <laughs> oh, this will be so much fun. Right. Uh, what do you have now, Mad Hatter? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> All right, so to to roll through, you've got Ra's al Ghul, Poison Ivy, Bane, Harley Quinn, uh, was it Victor Zaz, and the Penguin. I like yes. that. Yeah, that's I've a got good. that's a good roster. I've got Joker, Mister Freeze, Hush, the Ventriloquist, Clayface, and Mad Hatter. I think I those like are both it. both like very it. respectful. Very respectful. You would have Hush probably trying to take the lead on an elaborate plan and manipulate the Joker in your group. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of like top heavy manipulation taking place. Right. Um, but like my my mid level crimes, I think are pretty solid because Ventriloquist and Scarface are just going to be, you know, rob robbing like banks and whatnot. I'll have a good steady income from them. Mad Hatter. I don't know what he's going to do. Right. Um, <laughs> I think he's just making tech for the others. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He was, he, yeah. Wayne Tech. Yeah. Fine. Yeah. I mean, him he's and Clayface just kind of a diet version. Yeah, him and him and Clayface can get you can take over companies and things like that. That's perfect. Uh, with that group, yeah, that's what I don't have. A, my mid-level crime is the Penguin committing tax fraud. I mean, that's <laughs> well. I mean, you've got Rachel Ghoul, so that comes with like the League of Assassins and League of Shadows. So that'll I mean, that'll I how the League of Assassins actually makes any money. Like, how much <laughs> money is there in assassination by sword and like nunchucks? Like, they don't commit other crimes, and there's like always ten thousand of them. Who is subsidizing this? I, I know that the treasures that from you know thousands of years ago, hundreds of years ago, from the Knights Templar and things like that. Like, no, maybe he just like invested it really well. Right. It, he invested in Bitcoin and just reaped the profits. Right, right. Well, well, that's it because he's like a couple hundred years old. He like yeah, 
Right, but like, even if you have like, oh look, this is a all the treasure of a Spanish galleon that like <laughs> I knew where it was and I rescued and everything. All right, well, that's like that's like fifty million dollars. You have a thousand ninjas in a secret <laughs> lair. How much? How fast do you go through that startup capital without having to commit some sort of street crime? But like, you're you're an assassin, you can't commit street crime. You have to be like this sort of noble murderer weirdo. Yeah. I kill, but I'm nice. I'm yes, I have yes. honor. I have a code, right, right, right. So, so I mean, I mean, he could do protection stuff. Maybe. But, yeah, but you know, basically, it's like if nobody, like, well, at some point, I just have to send all the assassins to kill people in Gotham. That's pretty much like the play. There. I think that's kind of where why he's become so much more involved as time goes on. He's 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 running out of money. Right, right, right. Like, I got to do something here. Worst comes to worst, I'll have Talia poke another hole in the back condom. And, you know. There you go. Right. Uh, we've talked about this on Twitter before, but I cannot stand Damian Wayne in like live action and and or comics. I, I like Damian a lot, although I know. Yeah, his introduction where he like straight up tries to murder Dick Grayson and Alfred and everything like that, like. I disliked him, but I think part of it was to create stakes and everything. Yeah. It, I really like him in Superman, um, Son of Kal-El, the Superman Jr. stories, uh, where he operates a lot of time as Jonathan Kent's sidekick. Okay. And, yeah. And, and, so there's a lot of ways you can play, like Robin, who's an asshole. Yeah. In a way that's kind of fun. And so, like, I, I kind of enjoy that. And the thing is, you can't have Robin the way he was a. I'm a 12 year old, but I run around and fight Johnny Zaz. Like th then we need to put Bruce Wayne in prison immediately. Like, <laughs> like I found a, I found a kid who used to be an acrobat and I've now turned him into a, a freaking 12 year old, uh, uh, a vigilante. And that, that is child endangerment. You know, that is, <laughs> I was like, okay, well, Damien was raised by assassins by his evil mom. And uh, okay. So now yeah, that makes sense. Right. Yeah. Now you're teaching him some moral code because he'll, he'll flat murder anybody. If you don't like keep an eye on it. Like, Okay, that's that's better. So, no, yeah. I mean, I think that most of the Robins have been fine. Like Dick Grayson was cool, and I really like Nightwing a lot. Um, yeah. Jason Todd is cool, and Red Hood became even cooler. And then Tim Drake is a solid just Robin. Tim Tim Drake, I, I liked Tim Drake a lot. I was of the era where Jason Todd felt like the interloper, and they mm. wrote him in like that '80s cool kid way. Mm. There's like. Like uh, I can't even describe it. Like totally gnarly Batman. Like that. Oh right? God. Um, but like, if you've ever read the story behind how he got, how he was decided to get killed, where it was a mm -hmm. call-in number. Yeah. And we know nowadays, like, like you know, you make the Little Mermaid black, and six million idiots spend their entire day. Like, this is an outrage. Worst movie ever. Worst idea ever. Ever. Nobody knew that. In, like 1988. Like. You want Robin to die? Just call a number. Robin will die. Yeah, I'm gonna kill Robin. <laughs> uh, you know, like that. Like the, the biggest idiots in the world are, are like calling this number over and over again to kill Robin. So that, you know, they killed Jason Todd. Jeez um, Louise. Now the um, I've read. I mean, I've read a good portion. Not, I shouldn't say a good portion of Batman comics because I haven't. But I've read a good number of the big ones. And Death in the Family was one of the first ones I read. Yeah. So they made a decent live action movie out of it too. Well, it's not live action; it's animated. But yeah, I don't know if I saw the Death in the Family one. Some of the ones I know are like really hewing close to the comic. I don't necessarily watch those, like especially this one I've read. There's there's like a giant group of people. I think it's just most people who are really into Batman who hate the like movie adaptation of Killing Joke. Okay, um, uh, have you seen the movie? I 
I don't think I saw it. I don't think it's I fine. It. It's not long enough, but okay. I, I'm not offended by it. I think it's fine. It could have been better, but like I'm not not throwing a fit about it. It could have been better. I saw the the uh, Dark Knight Returns, the two part. That was really good. I enjoyed those. Yeah, a good job with that. And they they it felt a lot like the books, but the books can feel a little dated with Frank Miller's uh, yeah. uh, the worldview, you know, and it didn't feel quite like that, which was good. Yeah. No, there's a lot of, I mean, if you have HBO Max, there's a boatload of them on there. So that's how I spend my days when I'm writing and want some background noise, just throw on one of those. Nice. Nice. So which of our teams takes over Gotham first? That's the question. Um, I mean, like you we have put the entire, on Twitter and see, you know, you've got roided out jock with Bane, <laughs> <laughs> um, eco terrorist, assassin yeah. group leader. Right. Um, I, I worry that my team, despite its powers, has nothing in common that would. <laughs> you need to do like a fun, like ice breaking exercise with all of them. Right, right, right. You know, Rache is like this. None of this was for me. Bane is like, I have to liberate. I forget the name of this country. I have to liberate this, my country. Uh, save, save the spotted uh, Daisy. Uh, you know, Harley just running around, you know, doing what yeah. Ivy says she tells her to do and then like forgetting and everything. It, it's. Yeah, I think we I think we would max out potentially at money laundering by the by the by the penguin. There's going to be a lot of team building exercises, kind of like how they uh, in Space Jam when like the Looney Tunes and Mike are trying to figure out how to play basketball. Yeah. I think there's going to be a lot of, a lot of that. Right, I think there would be quite a bit of that. Yes, yeah, so, and in explosions. Yeah. <laughs> Mike Tanier, my friend, it's always great talking to you. Uh, what do you have coming on Football Outsiders? Uh, it's not Football Outsiders, the FO40. Excuse me, it's the FO100 right now. Mm. And that is my 100 uh, uh, draft picks. Oh, uh, you know, basically it's a, it's a it's a countdown top 100 prospects. I'm a hard, sure. hard time saying it right now. There's also a fantasy 40. So if you really just want to see running backs, receivers, some quarterbacks beyond the big four, you can find them in the fantasy 40. Got to be an FO Plus subscriber to get it, but that's there. Um, and I got some other stuff going on. I got some stuff coming in the Times in the next week or two. So check it out. And of course. You know where to find me. You can find me on Twitter. And folks, you can find me on Twitter. And he, if you don't already, you need to do it because you will laugh at least three times a day just <laughs> scrolling through Mike Tenier tweets. All right, my friend, get out of here. Enjoy your 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 cocktail and whatnot. And uh, I look forward to seeing your our, our competing Gotham uh, villains in in terms of the power struggle that will be taking place in the coming weeks. Um, <laughs> Check out my latest three-round mock on USA Today as well as my the next of my what-if series of mock drafts. This one is what if Lamar Jackson gets traded to the Houston Texans. So go read that. <laughs> wow. <that's> <laughs> so that one will be out tomorrow. The three-round is already up. But if you're listening to this as a podcast, it's probably already up. So nice. go read all that. Mike, my friend, always love seeing you. Yeah, you too, man. Well, let's do it again soon. Yes, sir. All right, everybody. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Pump Fake. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.